You know what I'm saying? The backup channel only? Wow, really? It's fucking YouTube, man. Fucking YouTube. Fucking YouTube. All right, I'm going to start this thing now. Andre, what's happening? Chris Major, what's happening? All right, here we go. Give me a moment. Let me do my spiel. We got a lot to unpack. A lot. A lot. Raise Martell. You know it's bad when you got multiple notebooks. That's when you know it's bad. Nice baby. No. Wait. Sorry about the paper noise, guys. Not that. I'm looking for my phantasm notes. And oh, Anastasia, hey, it's been a minute. Okay, so we're not going to do phantasm because I can't find my notes. I can't find my notes for phantasm. So that's one less off the list. That multiple books that I don't use. See, that's the wife. Everybody say hello to the wife. Always wanting my attention. Always wanting my attention. Nope, I don't even know where the fuck it's at. All right, so we're just going to go with... Uh, we're going to start off with Mortal. We're going to do Mortal first. Dog, do not validate her nonsense in the chat. Do not validate my wife with her nonsense. It's all fuckery. She is a woman. <laughs> All right, so this, let me get my spiel going. Where's my spiel? Where's my spiel? Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Star Show featuring me, Super Slot Seventy Five. Um, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, producer extraordinaire Cindy Ashby. You can always find us on www.onthewakeofradio.com. That's where everything is at uh, moving forward. Actual S uh, Bay. This is the backup channel. So I'm pointing to you on the backup channel. But it's, it's, it's but this one has a super chat. The main one doesn't have super chat. So that's why I, I use both at the same time. So for those that want to donate through super chat, they don't want to donate through others, then that's why you use the backup channel for. So hope that answers your question. Um, we're on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio for the replays. Also, um, so the new site that we're on is on the wakeupradio.com. So that's where you would find any and everything for all, all of my shows, past, present, future, all of any other on the wake up radio show programs will be on that on, on the wakeupradio.com for the next 10 years, I believe. Um, you can always find me on YouTube under super slot 75 and the backup channel is heavily flawed individual. 
Uh, also, um, always please feel free to, uh, to donate any amounts that go to the website and airtime. It's a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. If you appreciate the free content, please help us keep the message free and uncensored. You can always donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. And all right, so we have a lot to unpack, even though I cannot find my notes for Phantasm. So I will do that next week. Next week, we'll do Phantasm. A lot of things to cover. First, let me find my damn channel. My videos. There we go. Okay, let's get this thing rocking over. First, we're going to go over Mortal. Mortal, somebody has suggested it to me in the comments. I forgot who you are. Please shout yourself out. I forgot. I'm sorry. I was mad at first because it's in French. Okay, can you imagine how hard it is for me to have to sit there and watch this thing in French and then do notes? So um, even though I'm appreciative, this series was really, really good. I was still kind of mad. Because it's in fucking French. All right. So <laughs> we're going to go through all six episodes. Very, very telling. But before we do that, let's quickly let me kind of go back over Bad Boys for Life. Uh, I did it earlier this morning, but let me kind of get back into it. So, you know, Hollywood does not care what you think or is not afraid of you knowing things when it comes to the, to the occult and other high sciences. So the premise of Bad Boys for Life is basically Mike Lowry went undercover years prior to bust a, a Mexican cartel, the Aritas cartel gang. He falls in love with the uh, cartel's uh, leader's wife, Isabel. He was so deep undercover. She became pregnant. And then he, being a cop that he is, he uh, turned them all in. They all went to jail. The husband died in, in prison. Uh, the mother, Isabel, gets broken out of prison. So she wants revenge on Mike Lowry. She prays to a saint. Saint Santa Muerta. Okay. Santa Muerta. Now, it, it was funny how they were doing this in the movie. They were like, oh, she calls herself a bruja. Like, you know, it's Martin's character, Marcus Burnett, is like making he's making fun of the fact you 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 know, you like witch pussy and all this. And they made a joke out of it. But moving forward. So Santa Muerta. The saint, she had the figure with the scythe, right, the sickle and you whatever items you want in it, the picture of her and him when they were young and whatever, whatever items you want to give on to the altar. So Santa Muerta basically is Spanish for Our Lady of Holy Death. It is short to Santa Muerta. She's a female deity. Um, It is the personification of death. She is associated with healing, protection, and safe delivery to the afterlife by her devotees. Um, Despite condemnation by the leaders of the Catholic Church, her cult has become increasingly prominent since the turn of the 21st century. She also goes by the Lady of Shadows, Lady of Night, White lady, black lady, skinny lady, bony lady. Uh, her powers include love, prosperity, good health, fortune, healing, safe passage, protection against witchcraft, 
protection against assaults, protection against gun violence, protection against violent death. Uh, earliest uh, mentionings of her, uh, the Shrine of the Most Holy Death, founded by Enrique Romero in Mexico City. Now, so in the movie, she prays to Santa Muerta. She sends her son to arrange all these hits on everybody that was ever associated with the case that caused her to be in, in prison and caused her husband to, to go to prison. Everybody, okay? So the kid, her son, he kills a DA. He kills a forensic pathologist. He kills the captain. Mike and, and Marcus is captain. He kills, he, he kills, he shoots him in the neck. He dies on the scene. And the attempted murder of Mike Lowry himself. Come to find out it's his son. She tells him that's our son. She says, I was gonna tell you, we're gonna run off together. She so her plan was to for them to her to leave the cartel. They're gonna run off together and be happy. But he ended up doing what a cop does. He 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 did his job. He was saying that when he was reminiscing about his time with her while he was undercover, he said she showed him everything, all types of stuff when dealing with the occult and whatever and whatnot. Um, so at the end, they're fighting the, the whole, the third act. They're all, it's a huge gun battle, the ammo team versus the cartels. So then the mother... Oh, so, so the fight scene between Mike Lowry and the son takes place, whatever. You, you saw it coming. Second act, you saw it coming. You know why? Because when they went after the captain, no, after the kid killed the, the CI that had called Marcus to say, hey, man, this dude trying to kill me. Come help. And Marcus is like, I ain't a cop no more. This, this, when they had the fight on the rooftop between him and Mike Lowry, he pulled his visor off the, the motorcycle helmet. He looked into his eyes. That was your clue. I said, that's his kid. I said, watch it be his kid. Okay. That was, sure enough, it was his kid. So then, uh, well, let me turn this off. So then, um, towards the end there, he's getting beat up. He's like, man, who are you? He said, yo, I can't fight you. You're my son. And, he, and he's like, yada, yada, yada. He's beating him. He beats up Mike Lowry. He drags Mike Lowry to the mother, front of the mother. And he's like, is what he say true? She's like, yeah, but kill him anyway. So he's like, what? This is, this is my dad. <laughs> this is my dad. So she goes to shoot him. He steps in front of the bullet, takes one in the shoulder. She gets shot by one of the young ammo girls. She falls into the fire. So at the end, he's in custody. And Mike proposes a job for him to help lessen his time. Wait a minute. You cannot kill a police captain, you cannot attempt to murder another cop, kill a DA and a forensic pathologist and still be alive. You would be so dead. You would be dead before you hit. <laughs> you wouldn't make it to trial. Those cops would have set you up. <laughs> but anywho. So they're setting up for Bad Boy 4. Um, obviously, his son's going to be working with them, busting up other cartels, yada, yada, yada. But there's two things I want to mention. I want to mention first, once again, how bad Martin looked on camera. 
He looked like he was in Big Mama's character, minus the wig and the dress. His talking, his mannerisms, I thought I was watching him play Big Mama. That's how bad and how washed he looked in this movie. And I don't give a fuck about what he looked after. Because people were like, well, you didn't watch him on Jimmy Fallon after the fact. He looks good now. Fuck all that. He looked terrible in this movie. He looked like Bernie Mac before he died from sarcoidosis. Don't play with me. That nigga looked like death. Okay? Mind you, Martin is an amateur boxer. And people, and so the reports were saying he said he had a back injury. Uh, other reports were saying he had uh, a stomach injury, whatever the case may be. Okay. Um, he looked terrible. Okay. He looked like death was on it, was at its door. Um, okay. Second point is yes, the occultism in Hollywood, they don't care if you know at this point. Um, so for those that are uninitiated, you can stop asking me or just stop asking these questions at this point. Yes, everyone knows they pray to different gods than you. They pray to the dark side. You don't. You still stuck with Jesus and, and the light side. They're all over. The, they're all on the dark side, all in the scary stuff that you were de- told scary when you were little. Just. This is not to bash anybody. I get it. Some of y'all just waking up to this shit. But some of y'all need to go back to sleep. And I mean that in the most sincerest way possible. Because on this journey, on this path, you're only going to get more and more upset. My man, Dark Man X, what's up? Yes, sir, brother. Honest. You're only going to get more and more upset the more you discover how fucked this shit is. So a lot of y'all, I don't mean y'all, but a lot of y'all need to go back to sleep. It's safer for you that way. It really is. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I, I, let's, let's get on. Let's get on with it. Let's move on. So let's get into Mortal, the French movie on Netflix. Once again, Netflix is, is killing the uh, demonic, satanic, occult uh, themes and, and, and anthologies in, in, in their uh, content. So Mortal. Tells the story of some youths that basically make a pact with with a demonic entity by the name of Obi. Okay, now there is no real um, known spirit named Obi. This is what some they kind of took a hodgepodge of different stuff uh, for this particular character in this in this series. Uh, a lot of voodoo references in this. This is a very very voodoo heavy influence. All right, so let's get into it. So you have Bastian, uh, Killian. A bunch of kids being chased by some bullies and Sophie Ann. Sophie Ann's one of the main characters. Uh, Sophie Ann is sent to the counselor's office. He has anger issues. His brother is missing. Okay. Victor uh, offers to help Sophie Ann find his brother. Sophie Ann threatens to beat up Victor. Uh, Louisa, uh, a sister, uh, she's practicing for her interview into an art school. But her grandmother is named Queen Elizabeth. She's a voodoo priestess. Okay, she belongs to a coven. All right. So Sofiane is beaten up by Rodriguez while posting missing uh, flyers of his brother. Sofiane's parents are in denial about his brother's disappearance. Sofiane is then visited by a figure wearing glasses. This is Obi. Okay. Uh, Obi is holding Sofiane's brother hostage, referencing his soul. Okay. Obi wants Sofiane to bring him a person to sacrifice. 
somebody that will not be missed. So uh, Sofiane thinks, well, I'll sacrifice Victor. Victor is is suicidal, um, but he's suicidal for re- he was suicidal for a reason. He has tendencies issues um, from his childhood that happened to him that we'll unpack later on in, in these episodes as we go go forward. Okay, Sofiane selects Victor. He's attempted suicide previously. Bastian and, Lu- and Luisa are breaking up. Luisa's grandmother is a voodoo priestess. Uh, she performs an exorcism on a client. She kills a chicken and then smears the man with the blood and on the possessed man. She also cures his cancer. The case study is called New Disturbance, Possession of Non-Initiated by a Spirit. Luisa asks, uh, I thought only initiates could be possessed. Grandmother says she did too many rituals on him. He's become too sensitive to the energies. Louisa says her grandmother is doing it for the money. Grandmother says Louisa thinks she's too good for becoming a priestess. So she's rejecting her calling. The grandmother says for people like us, it's it's the life that chooses us. All right. Sophie Ann brings Victor uh, to the spot where Obi instructed uh, him to bring him. Obi shows up. Obi tells Sophie Ann to push Victor over the edge. Victor sees Sophie Ann talking to himself while Victor tries to run away. Obi then reveals himself to Victor. All right. Sophie Ann begins to strangle Victor but refuses to kill him. Luisa's grandmother says there's too many clients these days and that something isn't right. She was supposed to finish Luisa's initiation. She says something is in the air. Something bad is coming. Obi tells and then we go back to Obi to the rooftop. Obi then tells Sofiane somebody has to die. He needs a murder. Victor stops Sofiane from jumping off the building because he's going to suffer, he's going to sacrifice himself. Obi says he doesn't have all the answers. Uh, Victor then tells Obi suicide isn't murder. He takes uh, so then Obi says he takes care of murdered souls. He transports them the world of mortals and the world of the dead. Okay, so real quick this particular spelling of mortal is with the e and it means it's french for deadly or mortal with the a all right so then sophie believes his brother rita is dead victor goes home he goes home to paint sophie goes to melanie to apologize for standing her up victor's mom tells the school counselor he was with sophie ann a bad kid okay Sofiane begins to research the voodoo blood oath. At school, Sofiane asks Luisa about blood rituals. Sofiane then summons Obi by cutting his hand. He tells Obi to help him find the person that killed Rita so that Sofiane can kill them. Obi agrees, but Sofiane will have to do a blood oath with another person. Sofiane tells Victor he trusts him to stop him from killing Rita's murderer. They perform the blood oath in class. The teacher bashes his head against the whiteboard. Episode two. Victor then discovers his powers of telekinesis. So he was the one that made the teacher bash his head against the wall in episode one. All right. Uh, And then he attacks a store owner. So he goes to buy buy an item. He doesn't have the money. He throws the store clerk against the, the, the rack. And the store clerk's trying to attack him. He just throws him against the rack. Okay. Sofian then goes after Rodriguez because he has Rita's scooter. Sofian has dinner with Victor's family. Victor discovers he can read minds. So now they both have powers. Victor can read minds. 
Sophian Telekinesis. All right. The counselor questions Victor about his friendship with Sophian. Victor asks about a female student she was helping that threw herself out of a window. Okay. There's a lot in this series. A lot. All right. This is for teens. Go figure, right? There's a school meeting. Students uh, across the uh, all across in, in, in the schools are coming down with depression and are no longer coming to class. And it seems to be spreading. Louisa, Louisa's art teacher shows the counselor various student drawings of Obi. So they're all suffering from like Obi uh, depression. Much like in, in, in Nightmare, of, uh, of the, Nightmare of Elm Street, how all the kids had their own visions of Freddy, but they all saw Freddy. All right. So then the counselor visits a student named Modibo that says his feet are burning. She finds more drawings of Obi. Modibo says he sees Obi at night in his dreams. Sophie and Victor confront Rita's former teammates. Luisa is there in the gym. Sophie challenges Rodriguez to a match. Victor hears Luisa's mind. Her and Rita had a had a thing going on. Sofian uses his powers against Rodriguez. Rodriguez gets the upper hand on Sofian. Victor has a panic attack and bleeds out of his and bleeds onto his shirt. Uh, Luisa runs out to help him. She offers him a new shirt at his place. There's a statue that Victor touches. The grandmother says, "That's one God we don't discuss. He's disobedient." disturbing and deceitful he's a god deprived of love with whom no one should have no business it's a little statue all right so she says we only mention him to scare rebellious children the grandmother then asks louisa did she cast a spell on victor because he bears the mark so what the grandmother would do she would look at somebody and do this into their eyes right she would do this to them in their eyes and then she could tell if you were, if you've been marked or not. BMT, what's up? I see you, brother. All right. So then Victor and Louisa make small talk. Louisa's parents uh, had abandoned her. That's why she's staying with the grandmother. All right. Victor meets up with Sophianne. Victor tells Sophianne there was something between Louisa and Rita. Okay. The counselor goes to the hospital to see Laureen. Uh, Laureen's in a coma. Laureen is the one that threw herself out the window. And we will unpack why she did that as well. Okay. Uh, let's see. Give me one moment. Give me one moment. Okay. So then Victor and Sophianne are turned to. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The council goes to the hospital to see Laureen. Victor and Sophianne go to a party to, to question Louisa. Louisa tells Bastien. That she's not in love with him. Victor and Sophianne are turned away at the door. Louisa is drunk. Victor returns Louisa's shirt and they're at the side of the house. Sophianne then asks Louisa about her dealings with Rita. They all sneak back into the house. Louisa tells Sophianne that Rita was scared of someone. Victor is bombarded by everybody's thoughts and then falls out and has a psychic attack and causes a fire. In the house, the fire spreads. Both Victor and Sophianne are paralyzed. Obi shows up. Obi's hand catches on fire as he's able to help Victor help Sophianne get out of the house. 
Uh, okay, so then they ride off on Rita's scooter. That's episode two. Now, episode three. Louisa wakes up barefoot on a park bench. Keep in mind, this is the, this is a key clue, all right? Sophie's dad tells him to hide the scooter from his mother. Victor tells Sophie Ann they should stop. Hervé, the formerly possessed man from episode one, becomes baptized. Okay? Modibo's parents come to Louisa's grandmother, Queen Elizabeth, for help. The counselor and Victor's mom analyze the paintings in his room. Louisa's friend throws her under the bus by saying she had sex with Sophianne at the party. Sophianne thinks Bastien killed Rita. Victor leaves Sophianne. Bastien grabs Sophianne thinking he had she had sex with Louisa, or he had sex with Louisa, sorry. Louisa asks, uh, asks Sophianne what happened at the party. Melanie breaks up with Sophianne, believing the rumor of him and Louisa. So now you got all this teen melo- melodrama going on. Yeah. Melanie and Louisa talk about the party. Louisa receives a video message of herself dancing half naked in the park. Victor and Sophie go to confront Bastien to pick his brain about Rita. So their new plan is um, they go confront people and he'll uh, they'll, they'll have Victor read their minds. Okay. Victor reads his mind. He didn't kill him, but he knows he was dealing. He was a dealer. But not in drugs. He was having money problems, which is why he sold his scooter to Rodriguez. And the art teacher was upset with him because he couldn't supply him anymore. Victor accuses Sofiane of lying. Sofiane denies it. Sofiane grabs Victor's arm. And Victor has a vision of Sophie and Louisa in bed while she's wearing a bra. Louisa finds footage of herself at the party of her going upstairs with Sofiane and footage of Victor telling her she's still a good person and that she's going to regret that. Louisa then uses the footage for her art assignment in class, including the footage of her in the park. Sophie confronts the art teacher, but the counselor barges in to speak with Sophie Ann to talk about the footage from the party. Their parents are called. Victor can hear all of the students' thoughts as they are being walked out. So everyone thinks they're rapists. Everyone thinks they raped Louisa. Louisa's grandmother begins to work on Modibo, and he's restored. Obi visits Victor and tells him he's not allowed to interfere. He says, look what happens when I touch living matter. So Queen Elizabeth, the grandmother, uh, puts, she tapes uh, Modibo's eyes shut, puts pennies or coins over his eyes, and then she hits him in the chest, and he comes out of his slumber. Okay. Uh, Victor wants to be normal again. Obi says he's only enhanced him. The powers are the expression of who he is deep down. Obi tells Victor there's something dark and broken inside of him. Obi tells Victor you're accusing Sofiane of something he has no proof of. Because even he thinks uh, Sofiane did something to Louisa. Mm-hmm. He tells him if, if having friends was easy then he wouldn't have been lonely for so long, okay? Modibo tells Louisa, it's cool she uses voodoo to help people. And what they're saying about her on social media is bullshit. Here's the key. He tells her he too blacked out once and woke up on a park bench with no shoes. There's a pattern here. 
All right. Victor apologizes to Sofiane and reads his mind. They begin to make out. Then Louisa. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Victor apologizes to Sofiane and reads his mind. Oh, in his mind, they're making out. Sorry. And then Luis and then Luisa becomes sensitive to his telekinesis. So that's what he left because he he's using he's using too much power on people. So that's what happened in Victor's mind when he was reading it. OK, so then Victor and Sofiane break back into the school, ring the fire alarm so Victor can read the, their minds and find the culprit. Victor discovers it was Rodriguez who filmed her in the park. So they cause a fire alarm. Everyone runs out. Everyone's thoughts are get scattered. And Victor's just listening to see who admits to what. And they, and they discover it was Rodriguez. Okay. They chase Rodriguez through the hallway. Rodriguez then runs into the counselor's office. Episode four. Victor then gets inside Rodriguez's head. Okay. Usmane, Rodriguez, and Rita were selling something. Okay, Rita wanted out. Rodriguez also uh, filmed Luis, uh, Luisa in the same manner. Uh, they leave Rodriguez's uh, phone playing in the, in the footage of Luisa on the counselor's desk. So what happened was after they blanked out the counselor's mind, they blanked out Rodriguez on the floor. They left the, the cell phone footage on, on the counselor's desk of, of Rodriguez's phone of him filming uh, Luisa. Okay, so then outside in school, Rodriguez is standing outside naked in front of the school. Luisa finds out that it wasn't Rodriguez, but it was Usman at the party that attacked another victim. Obi pays Sophie and Victor a visit. Sophie tells them they're going to kill Usman the following day. Obi tells them he's from a world like theirs, but it's empty and cold and he's alone. But when he's in their world, he slowly burns. Melanie, Louisa, Victor, and Sofiane meet in the counselor's office to reconcile. The meeting goes awry because basically Louisa won't apologize to Victor and Sophie. And Sophie's upset. Sophie's pissed. But Victor likes Louisa. So he's like, okay, man, she says she's sorry. And he's like, no, I want more than an apology. And she's like, ah, uh, uh, whatever. Okay. The counselor visits uh, Luisa's grandmother to question how her methods on Modibo. The grandmother then reminds the counselor of of Lorene because she was helping Lorene. The counselor was. The grandmother goes to the counselor to give her two roots, one to put under her bed, under her pillow, and the other one to put under uh, Lorene's pillow because Lorene's still in a coma. All right. And for her to, to do that, to get the answers that she needs. The grandmother then puts the counselor into a, a brief trance and then says she has it all over her. So she does that. She does that thing to the counselor. She said, ah, you have it all over you. Okay. And Victor and Sophie and go to Usman to question him. But Louisa is already there. Tensions escalate and Sophie uses his powers. Hold on. My bad. Uh, where am I? Where am I? Okay, they go to they go to Usman to question him about. Uh, there's tension. That's going. Sophie uses his powers to make Luisa knee Usman in the face. Sophie believes Usman killed Rita. Obi shows up and tells him to kill Usman. Sophie is briefly distracted. Usman picks up a flintlock pistol and tries to shoot Sophie. Sophie makes a miss. 
and then forces Usman to put the pistol under his chin. Usman says Rita died because he was a human trafficker. They were paid to bring them people after they drugged them. The guy they worked for stole Usman's knife and he killed Rita. Victor stops Sophie from killing Usman. Then Victor and Sophie go into Sophie's past memories. Laureen visited Rita on his birthday. She says she doesn't remember what happened to her. Rita says she was acting weird and took off. Laureen says there was a man in the hood with her. She says she can't leave her house and her feet are burning. Rita tells her she's a big girl and to leave. Victor wakes up in Louisa's room. Louisa tells her grandmother. The grandmother scolds Victor for making a pact with Obi. The grandmother tells Victor the uninitiated who practice voodoo get eaten away from inside. They go insane. They will uh, be devoured by leprosy. Grandmother tells Victor to stop using his powers. He has to wean himself off. Okay. Sophie and Obi discuss Sophie's past. Sophie decides Rita was scum. Obi says he'll always be your brother. And that's and that he wait a minute, and that he's not here to defend himself. Sophie tells Obi he's scared he'll abandon Obi. And Obi says, but you won't. OK, Louisa goes to Victor's house to look at the drawings. He tells her he thought she had feelings for him. She looks at a painting he made of her. Sophie goes to Melanie's. Melanie tells Sophie she wants to join the army. The counselor then puts the root underneath Laureen's pillow. The next day, Laureen comes out of her coma. Or does she? All right. Laureen tells the counselor the reason she th threw herself out of the window is because everyone you try to help suffers because of you. Because you're the rotten to the core. Totally rotten to the core. Then the counselor wakes up out of her dream. She then throws the root out of the window. The next day, Sophie apologizes for being out of control with his powers. Victor tells Sophie they need to stop using the powers. Sophie angrily, angrily walks off. All right. Uh, okay. Victor tells. Okay. So Louisa and Victor break into the counselor's office and they find student drawings of Obi. Louisa kisses Victor. Victor has a thing for people touching him. They hold hands instead. Obi visits Sophie and tells him he'll always be the bad son to his parents and that they never loved him. He tells Sophie he can do it without Victor. While destroying Rita's helmet in anger, Sophie finds a USB drive. Victor, Louisa pour over the students' pics of Obi. Sophie gives into Rita's. Uh, he gets it gets into Rita's USB drive and watches footage of an inebriated Modibo being taken to a flat by Rita. In the footage, there's a man with a knife wearing a voodoo mask while Modibo is tied to a chair with his feet in a pot of blood. He speaks saying only one God will agree to give you what, what you want, but he'll ask you to break a great taboo. He will demand a human sacrifice. You have to kill a mortal for him. He says his name is Obi. While Obi stands over Sophie's shoulder, Watching the footage. Jeez. Okay, episode five. Oh, I'm being told what to do. Hold up. 
Uh, yo, Lord Lavelle, appreciate it. Thank, thank you for the cash app, sir. Appreciate it. My man. That's my man. You still owe me a live stream, sir. All right. Okay. Episode five. Victor and Louisa make out after giving him a haircut. Sophie goes to Victor to show them the footage. Louisa concludes he uses the teens to communicate with spirits. And technically, Obi asks Sophie to kill his brother. Rita was going to blow the whistle, but he was killed before he could alert anybody. All right. Sophie Ann goes to find the house in the footage. The counselor is in her office going over OB drawings, listening to uh, voicemail messages. She decides to play back the footage of when she blacked out after Rodriguez ran into her office screaming. She then sees Sophie run into the screen. She then sees Victor erasing her, her thoughts. That's all on her computer footage. So she knows why she blacked out when Rod Rodriguez was running into it, ran into her office screaming. Okay. Louisa goes to her grandmother to finish her initiation. Her grandmother tells her no and to stay away from Sophie and Victor. And Victor. The next day in school, the counselor takes the boys to Laureen's hospital room. She wants Victor to go inside her mind. We get to the good stuff. Now it gets good. Sophie has to pull Victor out of Laureen's head. Victor says Laureen is trapped inside of her own mind. In church, the grandmother is talking to another priestess. And is told the Desidans are coming and that she has to lock up Obi with Luisa's help. Back at Luisa's, she does a blood ritual to find the house. And the number 314 appears in the sand. So what she did was sand on the ground. She cut herself and the blood drips. And she mixed the sand and the blood up. And she wiped the sand off. And then the number 314 appeared on the, on the floor. Okay. Usman makes a phone call telling someone they found the house. Once inside, Louisa and Sophie find candles, shoes, and a chicken cage. Obi shows up and tells them the murderer is in the house. The masked man then knocks Sophie unconscious. Sophie then wakes up to find himself tied to a tree with his feet in a bowl of blood. Usman has Louisa. Usman says he's screwed. The masked man in Creole says, spirit, accept this gift. Take his joy and speak and blows sage into Sophie's face. He then says, the venerable ent entity, I've done everything Obi has asked of me, but I feel like something is stalking me. Tell me who is after me. Sophie's now possessed. He says, who do you think? Who do you think, fool? The masked man replies, I've done all that you've asked. I, I was hurt. I was heard and I'm still alive. The possessed Sophie, which is now Obi. Obi says the ritual didn't work. You were never heard mortal. The masked man said, that's impossible. I killed for you. Obi says you failed. The masked man says I can try again. Obi tells the masked man to leave Sophie alone because at this point he has a knife. He's about to stab Stab Sophie, the body, okay? The masked man says, why, why does he mean something to you? You gave him power so they can kill me. Now you want me to have to let them go? Louisa breaks free. Right before Sophie is stabbed, Obi jumps out of Sophie's body and then is stabbed by the masked man who then gets spooked and he runs away, okay? So then Louisa's grandmother picks them up. 
Sophie's dad is attacked and he finds a note threatening his family the next day at school. Bastien apologizes to Luisa for what Rodriguez did to him. Victor has a heart to heart with his dad. He tells Victor to impose his himself on those and show them how different their lives would be without them. Victor's dad uh, lets them have a house party. Sophien questions Victor's belief in souls and heaven. Sophie then tells Victor he was dying to be his friend. Victor, Victor's mom goes to see the counselor. Oh, here's the fuck shit. Victor's mom goes to see the counselor. And they begin to make out. And they have sex. Nigga. Okay. <laughs> Victor begins to analyze Luisa's friends uh, without his powers. He wants to get inside her head to know if she's if he's the only one for her. He later apologizes and they kiss and make up. The grandmother is visited by the counselor to ask for a blood ritual to help her make the right decisions. Obi visits Sophien. Obi tries to explain that he took a liking to him and doesn't want to see him hurt and is sorry for lying to him. Obi says, I thought we were friends. So Obi tells him to drop dead. You deserve it. Obi says, mortals, you are deserving of suffering and I will take you with me, Victor and you, if that's the last thing I do. While grandmother is doing the banishing ritual on Obi, saying his journey is, is over, Obi is summoned before the grandmother could banish him. While making out with Louisa, Victor has a flashback of his youth. He was molested by his swimming coach. This is why he doesn't like the people to touch him. This is the source of his issues. Grandmother tells Obi he gambled and lost and that he isn't strong enough to break the laws. Louisa sees into her grandmother's apartment. All right. Episode six, final episode. Here we go. Rita. Wait a minute. Rita. Speaking in front of the man. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Rita is tied to a tree in front of the masked man. He summons Obi. Obi says, Rita is perfect. The masked man says, I sacrifice him. Will you give me what I want? Obi says he'll do it. The masked man stands. He stabs Rita in the stomach. And Obi's face is set on fire. Fire uh, is scarred. His face, his eyes are scarred. Because if, you, if you've seen it, he has these scars on his, on, from his eyes. That was from the sacrifice. It, his face was on fire. Okay. O Obi finds Rita's missing person flyer. Uh, okay. So once he stabs Rita, fire scars his face. He's instantly transported to another dimension and begs his mother and father to go home. This is when Obi finds Rita's missing persons flyer. During breakfast, Sophie's dad tells him Rita will come back. Juliet calls Sophie, that is Victor's sister, to help with Victor. During breakfast, Victor reads everyone's minds at the table and reveals his mom slept with the counselor. Victor has an episode of panic attack. Sophie consoles him. Luisa's grandmother is in the hospital following her episode, her, her encounter with Obi. 
she tells Louisa there's a banishment spell for Obi until the Decidens arrive. The Decidens are a big deal. They're a big fucking deal. Okay. Uh, back at Victor's, there's an all-seeing eye on the wall. Did anyone see that? At Victor's house, eye with a triangle. Okay. Victor tells Sophie he was molested. Victor tells Sophie he wants to kill Rita's killer. Victor shows Sophie a drawing of a pair of cowboy boots that he saw in Laureen's mind. Sophie recognizes the boots. He says Laureen threw herself out of the window because she recognized them. The killer was at her house. They all agreed to go all the way. Victor goes to the hospital to check on Louisa. Louisa tells Victor she has a plan to banish Obi. Victor and Sophie summon Obi. They tell Obi they'll find the killer if he stays away from Louisa. Obi makes Sophie reveal to Victor he has leprosy. So it's Sophie and that's that's being devoured. He pulls up his his arm, his shirt, and his and his neck is all turning black. Okay. Victor and Sophie meet with a counselor to go back into Laureen's mind to find the killer. They stop Laureen from jumping out of the window. They ask her who's behind the door. Victor opens the door. It's the masked man. It's Hervey. Hervey, the possessed guy from episode one, the guy that, that got the baptism. It's fucking Hervey. I thought it was the counselor, the art counselor, the art teacher, not the female counselor, the art teacher. I thought it was him. So I was like, what the fuck? What? So I was, I was so wrong on this one. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Okay. All right. Victor and Sophie leave the hospital, leaving the counselor passed out. Obi visits Louisa. He tells her if she doesn't help Sophie and Victor, he'll kill her grandmother. Louisa beats Victor and Sophie to the punch and goes to see Hervey. Hervey's bodyguards uh, are all over the place. Hervey's body is scarred up from, from rituals. Hervey admits that Laureen is his daughter by his mistress. Did not see that. I didn't see none of that. He says Rita quit. And Usman brought Louisa in the mix. Louisa psychically tells Victor to summon Obi. Louisa hits Hervey over the head with a glass bottle. And then buzzes the boys into the apartment. They fight their way up the stairs to the office. Louisa fights off Hervey. Victor and Sophie combine powers to overtake the guards. Hervey gets the drop on Sophie. And right before he stabs Sophie, Victor stops him via telekinesis. Hmm. And slams him against the window. So he has him against the window. And he's pushing him out the window. And the window behind him is starting to crack. Okay. Okay, but before he can go out the window, Louisa jumps in front of Victor and pushes Hervey out the window, much to Obi's dismay. Louisa commands Obi to stay to stay among the mortals. Obi then disintegrates into dust and disappears. The trio escape. They go to the woods to bury the knife that killed Rita. Grandmother recovers. The boy still has his their their powers. Victor's family asks. 
him of did an invisible God give them his give him his power? He tells them yes. Victor paints over his drawings. Jocelyn arrives to see grandmother. It's another priestess and says she was supposed to train Louisa. Jocelyn is a desidant. He's the, he's the big dog. Says she's uh she's their only hope to prevent catastrophes. Obi making a pact with the boys was just the first sign predicted by the ancients. Louisa says she's ready. Jocelyn is a desidan. She will be initiated. So she goes out. She has to leave with him to go get initiated. The next day at school, Victor tells Sophie he's being sent back to the mental hospital. Victor tells Louisa, Sophie, uh, he, he tells, uh, yeah, Victor tells Louisa he's going away. Sophie and Victor say their goodbyes. Louisa leaves for initiation. So at home, it's uh, it's it's uh, Sophie Ann and his dad. His dad leaves. Sophie Ann hears a knock at the door. He opens the door. It's fucking Rita, his missing brother. What? I'm I'm down. Bring on season two. It's his brother. He's all dirty and dusty, and he's disheveled, and he's he's. Bring on season two of this shit. Hell yes. Hell yes. This was a great fucking series. Even though it was in fucking French. This was a great fucking series. Holy cow. I am so happy. Whoever prescribed it, whoever recommended that one to me, I am so glad you did. Because I was mad at you at first. But I am so happy I I, I, I listened and, and I loved it. I loved it. Awesome. That was mortal. Holy shit. All right, that was that was great. I can't wait for season two. Now, let's get into some nigga shit. I say let's get into some nigga shit. Fall from grace. How can I say this and be nice? I'm not the nicest way possible. If you are a black woman and you're a Christian and you're probably single or divorced, right? And you are a hardcore Tyler Perry fan. He just trolled the fuck out of all of y'all. I say it again. If you are a black woman and you're a Christian and you're probably single or you know or you're divorced, huh? Tyler Perry dissed all of y'all. He dissed the fuck out of all of y'all. If you've ever gone to see his plays on Sunday after church. You've ever stood in line to see any of his fucking movies as a black woman? He dissed the fuck out of y'all. He made y'all look so goddamn stupid. <laughs> he made y'all look so fucking stupid. And I was here for it, bitch. I was here for it, bitch. I was here for it. You hear me? I was here for every 
every everything. Okay, so let's get into Fall from Grace. <laughs> that nigga took all y'all money over these years, built that studio, and this is the first thing he produces from that motherfucker. Is this shit? You motherfuckers should be y'all should be ready to, to burn that motherfucker down. <laughs> he dissed yo, yo, he dissed you. He didn't even kiss you. <laughs> all right, let me get into it. Okay, okay. <laughs> yo, let's get into it. All right. So there's an old white woman standing on top of the roof. She jumps to her death. She jumps off a roof to her death. And let me say this real quick. So the char- the main characters, uh, who what's her name? Jasmine. Jasmine is a is a public defender. Her husband, I think his name is Jordan. He's a cop. They only have one car. They share a car. Guess what kind of car they drive in this movie? I say again, she's a she's a public defender. He's a cop. They're married. They share a car. Guess what kind of car they share? It's a Hyundai. Like them old Hyundai accents? Yeah, nigga. A Hyundai accent. Them old joints. Okay. Uh. <sighs> God, I, can't, I, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. But you, all right, all right, all right. So <laughs> that was back. That was backstory. I just went. I did. I did. I did to point that out. I had to point that out. It was just. I'm like, wait a minute. What? And now I know people say cops are broke. Look, cops ain't broke. Fuck the dumb shit. Fuck the dumb. Cops ain't broke. Stop that nonsense. Cops are not broke. All right. So <laughs> Roy gives Jasmine Waters, gives Jasmine the Waters case. She wants to plead guilty. Who the fuck is, is this nigga calling me right now? I'm doing my show and I'm cooking, doing my show. All right. She wants to plead. Grace Waters wants to plead guilty. Roy gives Jasmine the case because that's what she does. She's one of the worst public defenders to have because all she does is, is take guilty pleas. That's all she does. Jasmine specializes in plea deals. Jasmine goes to visit uh, Grace in jail. Grace says she didn't want a lawyer. Grace questions Jasmine's age. Grace has no priors. Grace notices Jasmine is Catholic. Jasmine will ask for 15 years with the possibility of parole and a prison close by so she can visit so, so her son can visit her. Okay? The evidence against Grace is circumstantial. You know why? We'll get into it why. Donnie, her, her co-worker, argues against a plea deal. Her file indicates she bakes cookies and teaches Sunday school. Donnie questions Jasmine's cause. Jordan, her husband, tells Jasmine she's seen a woman jump to her death at the job. 
Jasmine admits she's become disillusioned and just wants to pay her bills. She can't defend them in good faith. Grace's son tells Jasmine to not let his mom plead guilty. The DA wants to give her life with no parole. Jasmine tells Grace to take the deal. Jasmine has a change of heart after seeing Grace cry. Go figure. Jasmine visits Miss Sarah. Grace's son's wedding took place in her ex-husband's home. Her ex-husband married a younger woman. Let me say that again. The ex-husband married a younger woman. <laughs> Listen. How many times can you diss your core audience in the movie? Yikes. Miss Sarah says Grace met Shan at an art gallery. One of Miss Sarah's tenants sneaks down to look at Jasmine. Jasmine goes over the crime photos and notices the blood pools from the outside. There's no body. There's no body. Do you understand? This woman's being charged for murder and there's no body. Okay. Jasmine tells Roy, her boss, she wants to have a blood splatter expert. Roy wants the plea deal signed. Jasmine presents the plea deal to Grace. Jasmine shows Grace the art gallery pick and she recoils and asks, who you been talking to? Jasmine says, Sarah. Jasmine begs Grace to tell her what he what did he do to her? Grace says heals and you know and you never know what day is going to be is going to change your life. There's a flashback scene. Grace goes to an art gallery and meets Shan. Grace has an affinity for African culture. Grace thinks Shan is a female photographer. She discovers it's a man, the man she was talking to. Grace then leaves. San Shant, oh, sorry, Shan sent the photo she likes to her job at the bank. They go out for dinner. Grace tells Shan she had walked in on her husband having sex with his secretary. <laughs> Grace and Shan date. She calls her son's wife a tramp. Ho, oh, but we're going to get back to that. Remember this part. Once again, let me say it again. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Yeah, Grace calls her son's wife a tramp. Let let mark that. Matter of fact, let me mark it for y'all when we get back. When we get to this, when we get to this, okay? Because because I'm gonna make a, a little commentary on the very end. Okay, called called her daughter-in-law a tramp. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Grace's house was built in the 1800s and she refurbished it. Three months later, they still haven't had sex yet. Mm. He goes to church with her. Shan proposes to Grace. Grace says yes. Now there's a, a, a scene, there's a part in this movie when she goes on a, on, a, on a diatribe about how he makes her feel and how she likes to be touched and all the things to be looked at and thought of. 
Okay, it's just whatever. Okay, so then Grace, uh, okay, so we're back at the jail. Grace mentions Jasmine's former client, Daniela Hutchinson, who died in the jail. The inmates say that Jasmine is the worst public defender to have. Grace signs the plea deal, but Jasmine hasn't turned it into the DA yet. Jasmine tells Grace she feels she's incorrect. One night, Grace catches Shannon on the phone late at night. Mm. Shannon says two things I don't like. One is being checked up on. Two is being questioned. Okay. The next day at work, Grace tells Sarah what happened. Sarah brushes it off and saying, that's that's men, girl. That's a man. Grace is summoned to see Mr. Clyde, her boss at the bank. Her office was audited. And $379,000 was missing from her company account. They used her company ID and password and laptop and IP address. What? She's fired on the spot. And then is told if she doesn't return the money, she will go to jail. Shan doesn't answer his phone. Shan shows up later. Grace accuses him of cheating. Shan shows her pictures of his shoot with cancer patients. Oh. A second mortgage has been taken out on Grace's home for $375,000. It's 42 days. It was taken for taken out 42 days prior. Now, 42 is a ritual number, but I'm not here to, to get into all that. I just found out that they used the number 42, whatever. Um, it was notarized. So she's at the bank with the bank uh, president and she, the lady is showing her the bank card and what she signed. She's like, that's not, that's not my signature. That's not my signature. Yada, yada, yada. That, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Okay. The notary address is to an abandoned house. She got the video surveillance. It was Shannon. He fesses up because he showed her. She shows him. He fesses up and said he needed the money to pay off some debts and questionable people. Shannon tells Grace as her as her lawfully wedded husband, he was entitled to the money. Grace can't legally kick him out. The attorney she was went to go see charges ten thousand dollars, and it could take up to ten uh, take up to two years to kick him out. Grace catches Shannon with a woman in his bed. Shannon looks. <laughs> Shannon locks Grace out the room, and then goes back in to finish up. <sighs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait. So he. <laughs> Wait, this nigga fleeced he fleeced his he fleeced his old wife. And then and then got the nerve he fucking the bitch. He fucking a young bitch. That's that's the killer part. She a young bitch. He fucking a young bitch in the bed. She walk in. He kick her out so he can finish. Yo, even I ain't that good. <laughs> yo, yo, even your boy couldn't pull that shit off. Not that I would want to. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. But I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. All right. All right. All right. Grace is narrating on a rant about being educated and is smart. Uh. So somebody's been listening to YouTube videos about these goofy, these goofball people's on YouTube. 
clearly, clearly, either it's a good thing or a bad thing, these talking points on YouTube are being heard. Unfortunately, ladies, not in your favor. But let's continue, shall we? Shannon tells Grace, you should have joined us. Shannon tells Grace, she owes him for all the sex and joy he brought to her miserable life. Mm. Shannon tells her he loves her in his own special way. He calls her low-hanging fruit, weak, lonely, and vulnerable. And it's her fault. Grace then beats him over the head with a baseball bat. How this nigga survived. If you saw how she beat this man over the head. How he survived is a miracle. It's a miracle. But let's continue, shall we? Wait, wait. I'm sorry, guys. My phone. Okay. Okay. Beats him over the head with the baseball bat, basically to a bloody pulp. Then drags his body to the basement. Okay. And she drove away and she called Sarah, said she killed him. Sarah goes to the house and says the body wasn't there. Jasmine goes to see Miss Sarah. Sarah says Grace's son Malcolm was there. She said there was no body, but a lot of blood. Jasmine asks her husband to look up Shannon DeLong and asks her co-worker for help. Roy, her boss, asks Jasmine, why hasn't the plea been turned in? Jasmine wants to go to trial. Roy says the public defender's uh, office can't afford to go to trial. Jasmine asks Grace to help her fight for her. Roy walks in and wants to know if Grace intends to plead guilty. Grace changes her mind. Roy tells Jasmine if she loses this case, she's fired and her career is over. Jasmine's co-worker pitch in to help. Opening statements. Opening witnesses. Jasmine's case is in trouble. She puts Sarah on the stand. Jasmine loses her objection to a phone record. Uh, of the night Grace called Sarah uh, the night of the murder. So basically, Sarah had to on, on, under, under oath say that, yeah, it was Grace that called her and said she killed him. The court is adjourned. Roy asks uh, Jasmine how she, messed, how she missed the phone records. He calls her a millennium, a millennial. <laughs> so he dissing young, he dissing young people too. Jasmine snaps at her husband. She's upset. He believes Roy was correct. Her husband tells her she keeps running away by always offering plea deals. Before her closing statements, Jasmine brings Sarah back onto the stand. The judge says no, and Jazz has to give closing arguments. She then tells Sarah to get back on the stand again. The judge orders her to be to order orders orders her to his chambers and then holds her in contempt. Roy tells her it's her job to make it fair and tells Roy, fuck you. Grace is found guilty. As she's being walked out in front of everybody, her son and, and Sarah, Grace notices the Uzu chain that Sarah is wearing. This is the same Uzu chain that Shannon wore the night at the art gallery. It's an African shit. It's an African medallion. 
necklace, like black onyx or something. Okay. It was Sarah's idea that Grace go to the art gallery. Who the fuck is calling? Edward, I know that's you calling, but I'm not taking calls, bro. Not right now. I'm not taking calls right now. Hold on. Give me. Let me. Let me get through this. Let me get through this, and uh, I'll, I'll take a call or two. Let me get back to it. My bad. My bad. Okay. Grace has a flashback of Sarah on the phone about what the what the photographer said. And another flashback about Shannon saying, you're going to talk to me like that in front of your friend? Sarah replies, yeah, her friend. And then as Sarah walks by, she touches his hand as she walks out. Now, I thought they were fucking. Okay, I'm like, okay, he got, he, you know, she fucking young, young old thing. They got a thing going on. I was wrong about that one too. Grace demands to call her lawyer. Jazz apologizes to the judge. Jasmine then walks to Sarah's house. Sarah's old lady tenant is walking out in the street. Alice, played by none other than the oldest slave living, Cicely Tyson. Yeah, I said it. I said it. <laughs> you need a slave narrative filled. Cicely Tyson's your woman. You think she have got braces to get that overbite correctly, but what do I know? Okay. 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 <laughs> okay so she wants to go to her house and doesn't want to stay at sarah's no more anymore the old lady gives the address to the house on sycamore street the old lady says she doesn't want to die like brenda and gloria and shane jumps off the roof shane was the old white woman from the beginning she said she was so talented Jazz shows the old lady a picture of Shannon's work and says, is this Shane's work? The old lady says, yes. Then there are more flashbacks of Grace saying her ID was stolen. There is a thud. The old lady um, says they're hungry. Jasmine goes to investigate. Jordan gets uh, Sarah's mugshot on his police computer, on his police laptop, and races over to Sarah's. Sarah arrives home. Jasmine finds a lady tied up in the basement. And is then restrained by somebody. Alice tells Sarah, I didn't do it. Please don't hurt me. Sarah sees Jasmine tied up. Sarah tells Jasmine, some people never know, do they? And, and then a battering bruise Shannon. Shannon walks up behind her with his head bandaged and he's got a black eye. He appears behind Sarah and says, my mama's talking to you. I was like, wow, I was so fucked up. I was so, that, was so, that was so fucking niggerish. <laughs> Right. Jordan pulls up. Sarah answers the door and says, uh, his wife is not here. You can't come in without a warrant. Jordan then calls Jazz's phone. He hears it ringing on the table. He breaks in. Sarah hits him in the head with a skillet. He cuffs her. Now, as he cuffs her, then she runs off. This woman is handcuffed. Jordan uh, he heads down to the basement. He finds scores of women chained up. He sees Jasmine and is then jumped by Shannon. Jasmine breaks free, grabs Jordan's gun, and shoots Shannon. Shannon's real name is Maurice Mells. 
and Sarah Be- uh, Sarah is Betty Mills. They've been kidnapping elderly women, taking their money, and holding them hostage. Maurice was wanted in nine states for bigamy and 11 states for conning women. They've been doing this for over 25 years. And the state of Virginia drops all charges against Grace. Sarah Mills is still on the run and has found a new victim, a financial manager. Now, where do you think Grace is going to go live? Hear me out. I'm going somewhere with this. Where do you think Grace is going to go live now that she has no house, no job? Who is she going to go live with? She's going to have to go live with her husband and his tramp-ass wife. Ain't that something for you? Ain't God good? I say, ain't God good? Huh? I say, ain't God good? Ain't this the woman you trashed? Call her a tramp? This is your this is your daughter-in-law. This is your son's wife. And after all that vindication, you have no money, no job, no place to stay. You got to go live with your son and his tramp-ass wife. Ain't that something for you? That is fall from grace. Black women, Lord have mercy. Y'all should be at Tyler Perry Studios right now with pitchforks. <laughs> after, after this shit. <laughs> oh, shoot. What a, What I'm an I'm an hour and fourteen minutes in. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Yo. I'm sorry, but if you're if you're a black older Christian woman, you should feel really offended. You should be really upset with this man. You should, you really should. All right, so let's get into uh the last the last review. For uh, for today's show, it's going to be the trilogy of terror, nineteen seventy five, nineteen seventy five. Bear with me, I'm just I'm I'm doing something on my phone real quick. Okay. Trilogy of Terror. The only, basically, uh, the only the only story we remember is the little doll story. I'll get to that, but that's the third story. But let's get into this. Episode one uh, is named. It's called Julie. Uh, Chad. Uh, it's a community. It's a it's a university school college whatever. And he, I'm like really on my phone being disrespectful right now. Okay. Chad has an idea of, of what he wanted to see what his teacher, um, Julie, looks like without clothes on. Chad fantasizes about, okay, Mrs. Eldridge, but Julie, okay, uh, fantasizes, fantasizes about Mrs. Eldridge. Chad tries to make small talk with her after class, but she cuts him short. And uh, Julie's uh, roommate tries to prompt Julie to go out and, and, uh, and change her wardrobe. 
Okay. Oh, if you're asking and to perform some, that's a line from a jizz of liquid sword, y'all. Come on. It, oh, uh, hip hop heads. That's a, that's a classic hook, part of a hook from a, from liquid swords, the jizza. That's what, and to, you know, when the MCs came to live out the name and had to perform, some had to snort cocaine. That's, that's what that's from. Okay. Uh, trying to make it okay. Chad sneaks over to Mrs. Eldred's Eldred's place and watches her undress through the bedroom mirror or as bedroom bedroom window. The next day, Chad and Mrs. Eldred discuss Faulkner, and he asks her out to the movie. She agrees. They go to a drive-in. Chad gets her a root beer and spikes her drink with a roofie. She remarks that it tastes bitter. She begins to doze off in the car. Chad gets a room. He takes pictures of her and then gets on top of her. The next day, no, no, the next, the following, that a couple hours later, Julie wakes up. Chad takes her back home. Chad walks her to the door. Julie says it was foolish for them to go out. Chad gets, uh, goes home into his red room to develop the pictures he took of her while she was drugged. Chad then tells her the next morning he's coming by. Chad then shows her the pictures he took of her. Chad blackmails Julie. During class, Chad gives Julie a note telling her to give or to come to his apartment after class. He has some friends he wants her to meet. Julie comes in late and is worried about her. She's been like this for a month. Okay. Uh, next night, Julie. Hold up. I, I see the fucking wife again. <sighs> You know, if, if my wife could put her, her little round neck like right here, if you could, dear, if you could put your little round neck right here, you know that. Anywho. <laughs> okay. Friends, you want to? Okay. Julie. And okay. Next night, Julie tells Chad it's over and that she's bored. She tells Chad it was all her idea. She says the moment he watched her walk up the stairs, his mind was not his own. Him wondering what she looked like under all those clothes, she tells, um, she tells him, don't feel bad. As Chad begins to choke, she tells him he'll experience dizziness and the mild paralysis and then total cardiac arrest. She mentions a victim in Denver. Chad says, you drugged me. Julie says, no, dear, I've killed you as he falls over trying to attack her. She then drags his body to the red room and then sets it on fire. And says, he, you're, he was your best student, Julie says. She'll be fine. She then uh, adds, uh, adds his newspaper clipping to a scrapbook of all the former deceased students that she's killed while smiling. The new student walks in at her door to offer her services for tutoring and she cracks a smile. That's episode one. Episode two is called Millicent and Therese. Millicent is watching home videos after her father's funeral. She accuses Therese of being evil as she writes a letter. 
Mr. Amor visits Millicent and she tells Amor she's at a party. Millicent shows Amor a picture of Therese and her father. She tells him she's evil and her father worshipped him. And she says Therese seduced him. And then their mother died soon after of an overdose of uh, sleeping pills. She tells Amwar she uses voodoo, pornography, Satanism, demonology, and witchcraft. She says Therese admits that Satan guides her and that her soul is damaged. Anwar says Millicent is the one that needs help. She tells Anwar she knows what happened at Morley that night. Anwar now is a believer, says he is now freed of evil. Now that night in her writings, Millicent says she now fears for her life. Millicent calls Dr. Ramsey and says Therese is much worse. Dr. Ramsey says we agreed that Therese would be her issue. Dr. Ramsey pays a visit to Millicent the following day, but Therese answers the door. Therese is, uh, has a, uh, is a blonde and wearing scantily clad clothes. She says she knows what Millicent told him. She admits to destroying Millicent's room. Ramsey tells Millicent that this has to stop. She tells Ramsey he's a handsome man or tells Therese, I'm sorry, Therese, that it has to stop. She tells Ramsey he's a handsome man. Ramsey leaves. Therese becomes irate. Therese bangs on Millicent's door as Millicent writes in her journal that Therese must die. The next day, Millicent sees Tracy crying because her doll is broken. Therese broke it. Millicent uses Satanism and vampirism for her plan to kill Therese. She gathers hair strands and fingernail clippings and a button from her favorite dress. Ramsey calls Millicent saying, we need to talk. Millicent says there's no need. She found a way to deal with Therese once and for all. She says his advice is no longer required. Millicent pulls out a voodoo doll of Therese and grabs a pen. Later, the phone keeps ringing. Dr. Ramsey goes back over to Millicent's. He goes in through the side door. He finds Therese dead with a voodoo doll next to it with a pen stuck in its chest. Ramsey calls the EMT. The EMT shows up. Ramsey was the family physician. Her name was Therese Millicent Larimore. He wipes off her makeup and takes off her wig and says she's the most advanced case of dual personality he has ever seen. What? I mean, you knew it was coming, but yeah, what? All right. Episode three. This is the episode that everybody remembers from Trilogy of Terror, the little doll. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. Okay. Hey, someone do me a favor. Tell Fantastic. I'm going to be over there in 10 minutes. Tell Fantastic. He's streaming right now. I'm going to go over there and spank his ass with this 400 degrees debate. But someone go over there and tell Fantastic I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. All right. Last story. It's called Amelia. Okay, wait. Wait, okay. Amelia buys a doll from a curio store. The note reads, he who kills and deadly hunter. 
She calls her mom and talks about the doll. She says she calls it ugly and says that face. Now this doll is a little is a little wooden doll. It's got like like a wavy hair. It's got these huge white teeth. It's an ugly, ugly, ugly doll. And it's got a spear. Okay. I mean, this you see this doll. This doll is just evil. This is a demonic looking ass doll. She calls it ugly and says that face. She calls her mom and doesn't want to spend Friday night with her. She met a man and wants to spend it with uh, him for his birthday, Arthur. She bought the Zuni hunting fetish doll for him. He's an anthropologist. Zuni dolls are said to house the spirit of the Zuni warrior, which is kept inside the doll by a gold chain to keep the spirit from coming to life inside the doll. The warning says, should this chain be removed, the spirit and doll become one living. After the phone call, Amelia puts the doll down to go take a bath. The chain falls apart. Amelia calls Arthur to postpone her plans with Arthur to spend Friday night with her mother instead. Amelia then notices the, the broken chain and begins to look for the doll. She finds its spear and hears footsteps. She then sees a shadow. She's then cut and stabbed on her ankles and legs by the doll. And then it viciously attacks her <laughs> and chases her into her room. She attempts to call the police while the doll is trying to open the door. It then climbs onto her bed. She runs and locks herself in the bathroom. The doll is sticking the knife underneath the door. Now, mind you, when this doll is, is as this doll is, uh, is running after her and it's making these crazy noises. It's this howling and, you know, you have to, it's on YouTube. Don't forget the first two stories, go straight to the third story. The, and it's, it's making all these crazy gremlin noises, right? When it's after, while it's, while it's chasing her. Okay. So then <laughs> it picks the lock and charges her. She traps it in the bath tile and attempts to drown it in a tub it then begins to chase her again and she locks herself in the closet. She grabs a suitcase. She then lets the door open as it charges her. It runs into the suitcase. She closes the suitcase. She runs into the kitchen to find a screwdriver to pick the lock from the front door because it barred the lock. The doll begins to cut its way out of the suitcase. As it sticks its head out, she begins to stab it in the head with a knife. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so then... She then unlocks the suitcase and then it charges her and it bites her in, in the arm. She then runs into the kitchen and he begins to chase after her and bite her in the neck. So this thing is biting her in the neck and she's flailing, flailing around. She then flings the doll into the oven, turns the oven on, and the doll begins to burn as it wails in pain. She then opens the oven and the spirit of the doll possesses her. She then begins to call her mother over for dinner. After the phone call, she then squats down and begins to flash a smile. She has a mouthful of teeth, just like the doll did, right? These huge, sharp white teeth. And she begins to stab and twirl the knife in the ground, waiting for her mother to show up. Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. This is a short show because I cannot find my phantasm notes for shit. 
but um next go around i I will find it i will have it for sure so i'm gonna get out of here um everybody go follow me over to fantastic because we i'm about to bust his ass with this goddamn juvenile 400 degrees debate bullshit this nigga tripping um so let me get out of here i'm gonna head over there hopefully i see you guys over there edward i'm sorry i can't get your call bro i owe you i owe you ed ed's gonna kill me i'm sorry ed i gotta go over there and take a phone uh do this debate thing so uh what page uh mr fantastic a24 so um with that being said uh thank everybody for hanging out shout out to everybody uh lord vell for the cash app and uh you know if, if, you, if that's where you, that's where i'm gonna be for the next two hours i guess all right you guys have a good one peace